Welcome to the Dr. Mudgill Podcast. I'm Dr. Mudgill. I'm a dermatologist and dermatopathologist based in New York City and Long Island. Through this podcast, I hope to share with you stories that I find personally inspiring and that I know will inspire you too. In this episode, I'm going to be speaking with Dr. Curtis Opara. He's a former Division I football player for Baylor University who's overcome significant academic and health-related hardships to become the baller doctor that he is now. All right, so hey guys, welcome so much to my second podcast. I'm so glad to welcome all of you. Um, I've got another great story to share with all of you guys. I have Dr. Curtis O'Cara from Houston, who's got a story I think that's really going to blow all your minds. And uh, I personally am very excited to hear more and learn more about Curtis. And uh, here we go. So, Curtis, you're on board here. Why don't you say hi to everybody? How's everybody doing? Um, I really do appreciate the uh, opportunity to be able to talk with everyone and uh, and share my experience with everyone. All right, man. Um, so I got to be perfectly honest with you, man. The first, like, the way I found out about you was in a suggested Instagram post on my Instagram feed. And I think it was for, like, Dr. Tribe or something like that, which I started following because it just basically features a lot of, like, cool young doctor stories. Right. And it was a post of you, like, I guess it must have been from, like, 10 years ago or something. And you were wearing like a, like a white tank top, standing in front of a car. Basically, right. the description was that you were you were a thug, and you were bad in school. And then, like somehow, you turned your life around. You became a doctor. Right. Um, so, th- I mean, that I just I, I started following you just based on that post alone. Right. And then, just looking through your Instagram feed, I you know I DM'd you last week and just tried to put this together because you know the more like little bits of information I got about you, the more mm-hmm. fascinated I was about your story and like you know what you're all about sure. and uh, like I said I think uh, a lot of people would could benefit and would love to hear a story like yours man so I guess let's just take a step back let's like start at the beginning man were you I, I think what I gather from your Instagram is that you're you're of Nigerian descent but you're probably born in Houston or came right. to Houston so, at a young age yeah so uh, my parents were born born and raised in Nigeria um, and when they came here in 1980 uh, they, were, they lived here for a little while before I was born and raised here um, so I've lived here all my life, but I've visited back and forth in Nigeria for a while now. So you have a lot of family back in Nigeria, like aunts and uncles? A good about 98, 99% of my family is still back in Nigeria. Oh, wow. So how yeah. old were you when you came to Houston? Well, I was born and raised Oh, you were here. born and raised in Houston. Okay. What do your parents do? Are they in the medical field also? Yes. Yeah. So my dad is a director of pharmacy here in Houston. Okay. Um, and my mom, she was a registered nurse for a while before she um, opened up her own um, home health care agency. Okay, cool. That's awesome, yeah. man. Yeah. So it sounds like you had like a pretty solid upbringing. You know, your family was like very well educated and like, you right, know, right. right. But so, so, something steered you down the wrong road, it sounds like, at some point. Do you know? Right. Uh, so, what, like, tell me a little bit about your childhood. I know you played football. Did you play football right. for Baylor? Yeah, I did play football for Baylor. All right. four years? No, three years. I ended up, um, I ended up quitting um, after my third year when my uh, coaching staff got fired and they brought in a new coaching staff. Um, my position coach kind of gave me the ultimatum um, in terms of football versus education, uh-huh. even though it's not supposed to be that way. Right. Um, but in, in a nutshell, if I was missing practices for study for the MCAT for pencil uh-huh. review classes, then I wasn't going to play much on the field. Okay. So, you know, I had to pick one or the other. Were you start like you were playing in the game, you were starting and stuff? I was playing a lot. Oh, wow. um, and then so. But the thing was that the coaching staff, my coaching staff left, so we had a new coaching staff that came in. Gotcha. So it was pretty much 
you know what I mean? Everyone was back to square one. Gotcha. You know, and I had to prove myself. And gotcha, so because gotcha. it was just, it would, it would have been too much to kind of overcome at that point. Gotcha. Right? Yeah. So let's see if we'll take a, like a further step back. So you, I know sure. one of the posts, I think it was that same post actually, you mentioned that you had like a 1.8 GPA right. and uh, you know, you were kind of getting in trouble with the law maybe a little bit, getting in some fights and that sort of stuff. When right. was that? Was that like during college or high school? No, that was, that was actually even earlier. That was like during, for, during high school. Okay. Um, yeah, like I said, I've had a very strong upbringing. My parents are very educated. They're in the health field. Uh, but you know, as kids, you kind of want to do your own thing. Um, and my parents were, although the upbringing was, was very good, they were very strict. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as kids, you kind of want to rebel oh, against totally them to do your own thing. And, and because, you know, I couldn't really go places, I couldn't do things with my friends, like on weekends and yeah. things like that. It was kind of like, I felt like I, it was kind of like I was being a rebel. You yeah, know what I mean? I gotcha. I, I got the same kind of story, man. So I, I've, I've been there, man. Yeah. 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 So even during then, I mean, you know, what I wanted to do was play football, you know, pretty much run around the streets. And for me personally, I was a, I was a hothead. And uh -huh. so, and I love, I love boxing and I love fighting. So we used to street fight all the time, wear gloves, record it, you know what I mean? And, and because we were young and hotheaded people and playing football, you know, we, if people would, you know, talk bad about yeah. us or whatever, it was we were quick to gotcha. want to get advice. You know Take what I mean? Business, yeah. yeah, exactly. Were you exactly. always like a like a good? So I, my my personal story is yeah. like a little. It's not quite similar to yours, but sort of like I was very rebellious as a kid, and yeah. I was like, you know, did terrible in school, and I kind of like got my shit together later on. Uh, right. But same sort of thing, like my mom was very strict, like education was like everything and you know, right. like you know, the same shit that all of us kids go through. Right. But I was always really smart. So like I could always like do really well on a standardized test. It was like, you know, like this, I do amazingly well on a standardized test but I have like D grades, you know? So, I got you. Because yeah. I was like rebellious. Was it kind of like, were you like, like, you know, like, if you applied yourself, it would have been like, like you had the smarts but you didn't have the work ethic type of thing. Right, right. So. I wish I was that way. I wish I was the type that you can kind of look at something once and be good. Um, for me personally, I would have to go through information multiple times. So I didn't, I honestly, honestly, through, even through college, I had no idea how smart I was because I would always do enough to get by, right. so to speak. Totally. You know what I mean? so, um, so even then, you know, I couldn't just go look at some books like some people would be able to and just retain everything. and. and and spit it out on an exam or, or whatever the case may be. I would have to go through stuff multiple times. Uh -huh. That's why for me, I was always able to just get by. Right. I couldn't just, you know, look at something one time and then do very well, but also still do things outside of school right. that always got me in trouble. You know what gotcha. I mean? So it was a little different for me, but so for me, I just didn't know how well I was gonna do until I got to medical school. You so when I mean? you got to college, so you were playing football, but you were pre-med from the beginning, like you knew you wanted I to was, be a doctor? Yeah, so I was pre-med from the beginning. So, you know, for me personally, um, a lot of my classes, especially the first couple of years, were straight up to science classes. Yeah, like the prerequisites, biochem, all that stuff, right? Exactly, and so with me still having that high school mindset of, you know, wanting to just play sports, chase girls, party, my science GPA was outright terrible, yeah. you know what I mean? And, and I was doing terrible in classes. Um, I was getting D's, I even got an F in one class. And on top of that, my freshman year, I lost my, I lost everything. My apartment burned down my freshman oh my year. God. 
Wow. Um, and so, you know what I mean? So your first year is always the hardest for any, for any, for any, for anybody because you're trying to transition to this new way of, of studying. Right so I already had that high school mindset. Then my, my house burned, my apartment burned down um, at the football office, uh, apartments. I lost everything. So trying to do that and then trying to study a night before and all those things, it was just the perfect storm to do terrible. Right. You know what I mean? So, um, so yeah, it was, um, it was, it was pretty tough. Pretty tough. So to that, how'd you, how'd you end up getting into medical school, man? I mean, that's a... So, uh, after the first year I joined, uh, I joined a fraternity. Which um, one? Uh, Phi Beta Sigma. Okay. So we do a lot of step in, we do a lot of partying, we do a lot of community yeah. service. There's a lot of, there's like a lot of discipline part. Is there like a, there's sort of like a, it's fun and partying and the stuff, but there's also like sort of a, like a lifestyle component where there's like discipline involved and like, you know, you're expected right. to like do well, right? Like Right, exactly. And so that's where, and that's why I, I can't thank my fraternity brothers like enough because if it wasn't for them, Yes, my family was always around, but my yeah. family was not in the same city as me. So sure. they could only do so much via phone and whatever. So um, I thank them because my fraternity brothers, although we love to have fun, they were always about business in school. Yeah, so after I did tell my first year with my with me being on probation, I mean, they really whipped me in the shape. Okay. You know what I mean? They, they really showed me what I could do if I applied myself. Right. And if I didn't apply myself, what they had experienced, what they, what could have happened to me. Right. Um, so they were on me tough from, I mean, from, from the word go before I even joined the fraternity. Wow. I got in the fraternity, it became, they really, really, really opened my eyes. You know wow. what I mean? And, um, that, and then, like I said, my family, and then me being the oldest of four, um, it kind of, you know, I had to change my mindset and realize that if I didn't do something about it, then my, my siblings yeah. may follow the same path. You know what what I mean? are they, did they follow your path into medicine? So they did, all except one. Oh, so really? Like yeah. yeah. yeah so he's um, some proud he's, parents, man. He's, you know what? He, he's, um, I'm not, we're not surprised. Me and my other siblings are not surprised because he's always been the, not, I don't want to call him the oddball, but he's always been different. Uh -huh. um, so I'm noticed before my, the second oldest went into medicine. Uh -huh. Um, he actually played football in college as well for a little while, just for a year though. Um, so he just finished his residency. He's back here in Houston. Um, the third, which is the third oldest, which is my brother, he went into law. Okay. Cool. So he's a, he's a, he's an attorney now. Uh -huh. And then my sister, who is a baby, she's a nurse and who's also in, in peace school right now. Oh wow, that's awesome, man. Well, your parents must be yeah. so proud of you guys. Yeah, definitely. We've came a long way. Uh, there's no two ways about that. So where did you where did you end up going to med school? So I ended up going to med school at Ross, School of Medicine. Okay, cool, man. So you did two years there and then the other two years uh, in Texas, or? Exactly, so I did, so I thank God it's not a full two years because I was about to lose my mind. Yeah, out there. Yeah. It's, it's like the middle of nowhere, uh, basically, like an island of yeah. nowhere. Right? It's, in the, it's in the Caribbean, yeah. but it's not the nicer Caribbean. Right, right. You know what I mean, so I spent 16 months there and then I did a semester, then I did um, a good year and a half in Miami where I did my clinicals at. Um, I did a few of my clinicals in DC, finished up in New York. So, um, my, 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 my neck of the woods. Yeah. Um, I was in, uh, I did it at, uh, clinicals in Wyckoff, Brookdale, oh, wow. St. John's Episcopal. And, um, uh, I think it was, I think it was, uh, Staten Island or one of the Long Island, one of the two, oh, yeah. um, before coming back to Texas for residency. Okay. Cool, man. And then you trained, yeah. you did medicine at, at Baylor or? 
No, I did. Uh, I did my um, medicine at University of Texas, uh, Tyler Longview location. So it's East Texas, uh-huh. about th- three hours from Houston, about an hour and a half from Dallas. What is, is that like uh, Redneckville over there? What's up? What's like? Uh, no, what's you know, I, I thought it was going to be, but it's actually pretty mixed. Um, it's a, it's a, it's um, it's more country than Houston for uh-huh. sure, but it's still pretty diverse there. Okay, that's cool, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I see you know you're a little bit of like a baller lifestyle. I you know just checking out your Instagram, man. You know I actually had the same car, not the matte. I like that matte finish that you got in your bed. Okay. Um, okay yeah. Is that your white one wrapped in black or is that exactly okay white wrapped in black exactly? Yeah, I had I had, the, I had a GT Speed for a while and oh, wow. uh, that's a fun car, man. Yeah, yeah oh yes, I love it, man. Yeah, <laughs> cool, man. Are you getting married soon, right? Next, what are we in? It's end of July. Yeah, September eighth. So in about a month from now. Is your wife in medicine as well? No, she's a uh, chemist slash engineer. Okay. So cool. she she travels she travels a lot for work, a lot. Oh wow! So yeah. just tell me a little bit about your practice and stuff. Like, what do you are you are you? Sound, you might be a hospitalist from what, or right, 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 right. So um, I, I graduated residency in two thousand sixteen. Um, board certified shortly thereafter. Thank God. Um, then I did locums for a while. Um, in the Louisiana area mm-hmm. uh, while I waited for my, because I was a, a what do you call it, a foreign grad, um, a lot of, most people have to take their boards to be right. certified, especially in Texas, in order to get your license. There's like some special exam you need to take too, right? Is a No, 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 no. Well, for Texas, you gotta take, yeah, you have to take this weird exam, but everyone, whether you're a U.S. grad or a foreign grad, you have to take the same exam. Okay. Um, but in order for me, I had to pass my boards in order to get my Texas license. I got so, you, okay. Um, got that. So I was doing locums for a while in Louisiana. So because you don't need your boards, you don't need your boards to be to have a license. Um, so um, beginning of 2017, I started working here as a hospitalist here in Houston, uh, Memorial Hermann Hospital, uh, beautiful hospital, beautiful, um, uh, yeah, beautiful hospital and a beautiful part of Houston. Um, so I work I'm inpatient, um, work on the seven on seven off schedule. Um, and on my weeks off, I pick up a few more shifts. That's um, pretty busy hospital too. Is it? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. It's um, one of the busiest in, in Houston for sure. Oh wow. Yeah. That's your hustling, man. That's you know, huh? you're hustling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Trying. Yeah, that's Trying. good, man. It's good, man. Yeah. So I mean, you're obvious. You must be like people must look up to you. I mean, I imagine like you know like the young medical students or you know even people that you're around must be fascinated yeah. by your story. You know. I mean, right. I, can't, I can't imagine anyone thinks you're a doctor when you roll in out to dinner, yeah. yeah. Um, and it must, there must be like a huge shock value that's associated with that, you know, because you, you, know, you look like an entertainer or something, you know, like you're a big right. guy, you're like rolling in a fancy car and all that stuff. Right. Tell me just a little bit about that part of your life, like, you know, is, right. you know, I'll let you just take it from there, man. Sure, so um, my parents are very, very popular. So Houston is the biggest port when it comes to Nigerians in the, in the country. Oh, like there's, more, there's, there's, there's yeah, there's not a city in, in, in the country that has more Nigerians than Houston. So my parents are in the in the population uh, in the community. They're uh, one of the most popular people, not just in Houston, but say the Texas and around the country. Oh, wow. And with me being the oldest, I've always people have always looked up to me. Right. You know what I mean? And so because I've had this this um, I've had this. Uh, life that people can relate to, you know, yeah. um, people have always looked up to me. So uh, going through medical school, you can tell that with me going up in the ranks and being in a field that's very respected, yeah. respected, 
Uh, more and more people look up to you, more and more people right. are motivated. Um, so after I got done with medical school, or even, yeah, after I got done with medical school, that's when the floodgates open, whether it's on Facebook, yeah. Instagram, and I mean, just every day is just a, a wave of messages from people inspired by my story. Because, yeah. um, you know, obviously there's, you know, obviously there's African-Americans in the, in the field of medicine, um, but there's African-Americans who look like me and then there's other African-Americans. You know, there's some African-Americans that are by the book, everything is right. going to work for them. And then you have people like me where I wear, I have earrings, yeah, I, I have tattoos, I play football, I love, I, I live the lifestyle that a lot of people would love to live yeah. um, and not be associated with being a rapper or right. an athlete. So it's just, it's like, I have the, I'm like the perfect image to a lot of people. Um, it's a festival uh, of worlds. Yeah. Like, exactly, exactly, without having to be this, you know, professional athlete or, right, right. or musician. So, I mean, it's been crazy, the, the uh, messages that I received. Even before you saw that message, a couple of stuff went on Facebook, went viral uh -huh. about me, because I was wearing scrubs and wearing Jordans and so on and so forth. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's, it's been a blessing that I've been able to um, motivate others, inspire yeah. others that they can still do things and be successful, even with not having the cleanest background. Right, you know? totally, man. Um, so I, I enjoy it, and and and, uh, and uh, in any way I can help to give back to the community, I'm all for it. And your your patients must love you too. I I find like one of my biggest skills as a doctor is like not being like the typical doctor. Exactly. And just being able to talk exactly. to patients about you know just shit in life, you know, like exactly. what's going on with them, and you know, exactly. and like you can't, you know, you're a person, like you're a regular person. Exactly. Um, you know, you seem like really relatable. I mean, it's obviously, it's, I'm, this is our first time talking and I'm having a very easy time, like, you know, talking to you. I'm sure your patients right. pick up on that. It's like been a huge asset, you know, especially sure. if you're in like an urban environment and like, you know, like patients are already so nervous kind of going into the system, right. you know, to see a doctor and they see someone that they can relate to and it's like, hey, this is the deal. It just, sure. it feels so much more comfortable, you know? For sure, for sure. So, um, I, you know, with, when you go, when you've been through medical school um, and residency, you know you, there's a different type of personality that you kind of uh, experience through your colleagues. And then there's people that are very there's there's people that are very per, that have this that have personalities and are able to relate to everyone. And so I totally agree with what you're saying and the fact that when I, anytime I walk in a room, the first thing, first and foremost, I don't wear white coats a lot. That's not just not my thing. I do, I never wear white coat. I don't even own yeah. a white coat. Yeah. I, I hate yeah. it, I hate it. So I'll wear scrubs, or I'll wear a face yeah, or something man. like that. And so the, automatically when I walk in, oh yeah, are you about to take me to go get imaging? Right. Or are you about yeah. to get physical therapy? So they never believe you're a doctor from jump, which I'm, I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, and I appreciate that. Cause I love to be able to kind of change that, that mentality. Totally, that, man. That that um that a lot of people tend uh, tend to have so um so yeah I mean patients and the family members always love me because I can just sit down and just talk to them about stuff and not feel like this is a doctor patient thing you know what I mean totally. so um it's it's always and I always get brave reviews on stuff like that because uh, a lot of medicine is just really being able to build that relationship and if you can do that from day one. Everything from that point on, it just makes it so much easier. Absolutely right. Okay. Totally. And that's one of the things that I can tell, even speaking with you, I can I, that I can tell that we are able to do one of the assets that we have versus some of the other physicians that are not as easier to talk to. You know what I mean? Don't have these these personalities that a lot of 
patients are, are easy to, you know, uh, clinch on. So um, that's why I, I love that where we're at because we can talk to patients, you know what I mean, and use that, use that to our advantage in the field of medicine. Totally, man. How, how far into your career are you, man? How long have you been practicing for? So graduated 2016, so barely two years. It's a baby, man, a baby. That's yeah, nice. so it's still a baby. You know, it's yeah. interesting, man. So I've been doing this for like a decade now. I started my practice like about 10 years ago. And okay. it's a pretty cool thing because like, you know, the longer you're practicing and like the more comfortable even like you get in your own shoes, like doing what you do. Right. I could be like even more of myself now. So it's like, it's so much fun now, like seeing patients because I'm just literally having like this. Right, talking right. to my patients in the same way. You know, when I first started out, sometimes it's like, all right, you know, like, yeah, I'm going to be me, but like maybe I should be a little bit more conservative or, right, yeah, you, right, know, right. you know, not put all, all my true colors out there. But right. it gets better and better, man. You know, it's just, it's, it's, uh, it's a fun ride, man. And it's, right. if you love medicine, it's, there's no better job in the world, man. I mean, that's, yeah. you know. And that's good to hear because I'm 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 the, the the way you said you were when you initially started is kind of how I am now. So I'm still who I am. I will never change who right. I am. But because I'm still young and pretty much kind of like a virgin to the field of medicine and a baby, um, and I I kind I sometimes I tend to hold back. Sure. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I want to make sure that it, it, I'm still very very professional. But I know that over the years. Like like how you are now, I'm sure I, that's how it'll be in the yeah, next. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I guarantee you're gonna be yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. good stuff, man. Sure. Um, so, what do you got going on this weekend? You got any good plans? The last weekend, yeah. Uh, back? Uh, so, because you know, like I said, I was supposed to work today. Um, I have a couple of my friends that are coming into town, um, so we're gonna just kind of just have fun. You know, party a little bit. Um, so what do you guys do? Like, do you go to like a club or? Yes, yeah. we we do clubs, but when we do clubs, we do it. We don't go. Some people can go to clubs every Friday and Saturday like yeah. it's nothing. We when we go to clubs, it's it has to be a celebration, whether it's a birthday, whether it's a graduation, mm -hmm. whether it's something. Um, so we go to maybe a lounge or a bar, you know what I mean, and um, go to like brunch stop, uh, brunch parties and things like that. That's cool. But the, the like the club club scene yeah. is overrated, man. So your friends that come down, they're gonna stay with you at your house? Or? Yeah. yeah. So they stay at my house. I opened up. Well, I built this house from scratch. Yeah, it looks Me nice, man. Guys. I saw you walking around it. It looks like a pretty baller house, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, I built it. Um, it's been a year now, a little over a year now that I, I moved into the house. That's awesome. Um, so, um, so they'll be staying with me for the weekend. Uh, that's good stuff, man. Yeah. All right, man. I, mean, I think at the spring, I mean, I learned a lot about you, man. I appreciate this. This is, uh, you seem like a real good dude, man. And I think you're gonna I just hearing it. the stories and just help so many people, man. And yes, then, sir. You know, I really sure. appreciate you taking the time and like, responding to the message. You know, it's. Uh, sure. I think it's important for these things to get out there, you know, because right. like I could tell you there's like a hundred kids who are just like you, who you were mm -hmm. in high school that are like, uh, you know what, forget it. Like, I'm, you know, I want to be a doctor, but I don't think I could ever do it. Or I want to be a lawyer. I don't think I could ever do it. Sure. And like hearing that you did it, you know, that's just going to motivate and inspire so many people, man. Right. And, 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 I, and I'll leave it with this as well. It's obviously people feel like once you get to medical school, oh, you've made it. You know what I mean? That's the mentality. Like, okay, I'm good. Everything else should be kosher from there, yeah. but even for me, graduate. Even when I got to medical school, I thought everything was going well, and then I, um, and as your doctor, you you heard of myosin and gravis. Yeah, uh, I got died. I got diagnosed with myosin and gravis during medical school. Oh no way, man! You know, that's why I actually wanted to ask you about that. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, you were in the ICU and you were like intubated and all that stuff. Yeah, so I, um, I was undiagnosed for probably a good, almost feel like a month. 
didn't know what was going on. They were throwing out diagnosis like multiple sclerosis and wow. so on and so forth. Let me um, let me just take a minute, just explain, just in case people don't know what right. myasthenic gravis is. So basically, myasthenic gravis is like this autoimmune condition where antibodies just start attacking your ability to move. So like you know, sometimes you can see double vision, and you know, some you know that's like the the least extent of it. But it can get so bad where the muscles that you use to breathe don't work. Right. And in that in those extreme cases, you know, you have to have a tube put in so that you know you that will breathe for you. And I believe right. that's what happened to you, right? Right. So um, I had double vision 24-7, so you can imagine how hard it was to drive. I would have to cover one eye with a patch so that wow. I can see, oh, it's which, was, which was also obviously dangerous because then I have a huge blind, just blind spot. Yeah. Um, so um, I, had the blunt, I had the double vision, had the fatigue, I had the um, uh, muscle fatigue, so I couldn't really shoot for a long period of time. Um, neck muscle fatigue, and then I also had, every once in a while I have this trouble breathing, you know what I mean? So it wasn't until I did the CAT scan. Did or, you just uh, ignore it though? Like you were just like, all right, whatever, you know? I ignored it initially up, because I had the, I had the ptosis initially, uh -huh. you know what I mean? And when I was, and I remember like it was yesterday where I was at when I noticed ptosis for the first time, but I kind of blew it off because you, you know, you kind of think, okay, this, this can never happen to me. So right. it must be something I may have slept wrong or whatever. Right, right, right. But when it got percent, when it when it when it became constant and it got worse and worse, and obviously it became more serious, and it wasn't until we got imaging done and it, and it showed that I had uh, what they thought was a thymoma, um, which scared the shit out of me because I wow. thought, you know, you hear a thymoma and yeah. you read the books about it and you think, oh shit, my life is about to end. Um, so when I got a second opinion, I had thymic hyperplasia. Okay. Um, but because my symptoms were getting worse and they were starting to affect my breathing and so on and so forth. Uh, we went uh, underwent surgery, and so I had to be intubated, and um, was in the ICU for a while. And um, they did the, they did a thymectomy, um, and this was just a few months before. Is that open chest? How did it, no? So now, so now they do a procedure called uh, minimally invasive thymectomy. Okay. Um, so I had a chest tube and all that, but they didn't have to open up my chest. Okay. Um, and imagine this was a few months before my step one. Holy shit, man! That's crazy. Um, yeah. So school, my school tried to have me. Uh, take a leave of absence um, to focus on myself and come back, and I refuse to do so. Um, so I, I try. I mean, I fought through that, fought wow. through hell to get back um, mentally and physically, um, and sat down for my test with still with symptoms, neck muscle fatigue. So I'm sitting there trying to take a test, eight hour test, and I'm having it's a whole head, head, head off. and and deal with all that. So it was. Um, it was one of the wow. worst eight hours of my life trying to take a test, oh, but crap, man. for me personally, I felt like I owed myself to, to, if I can take it, if I can think, if I can open my eyes, I'm going to take this test, you know what I mean? Um, so I still did well on my test and um, was able and to move forward from there, and my symptoms at that point started to come up, was, was getting better and better and better. Um, so I still take like, I still take steroids, a low dose every, what, two, two three days. Oh really? Uh, yeah, so I'm still on medications now. Is but that my right symptoms long or like? So we've been trying. I've tried to wean off a couple of times during residency, um, but when I weaned off, probably about a month later, my symptoms would come back. Oh no way! Wow. Um, and so, and they would come back where the point where I have to increase the steroids too much. Oh wow! But so I, I so I have to take it, but I take it every two or three days now. Okay. Minimal dose. I mean, I'm taking ten milligrams okay. every two or three days, which is not much. Um, and I don't. I rarely have any symptoms whatsoever. You take a calcium uh, and vitamin D too? No, I don't take calcium and vitamin D. Even though I probably should, but I know I eat well, and I'm I'm still in that mindset of like, well, I work out six yeah. times a week, 
you know, and I, and I eat really well. Yeah. Um, and I've had bone scan. I've had I've had to do a um, a scan, a bone scan done already. A dental scan. Okay. Uh huh. And it was fine. So okay. um, I haven't been taking anything of that wow. nature. That's a pretty crazy yeah, part of your life, man. Oh man, yeah. So it's been one thing after another. So that's why um, you know I've always wanted to share my story with people and and let people know like. Hey, even when you get to medical school, it's not, it's not just, I mean, yeah. things can still happen. You know I mean? You can still have to overcome obstacles, which I've had to. So well, that's, yeah, that's, been, that's the path to success, man. You know, to, yeah. uh, just riding through those, that adversity, man. Cause everyone has it in their life. You know, it's, it's exactly. the rainy, someone once told me, it's, I'm sure it's an old saying, but the rainy day comes to everybody. Right. So exactly. it's just how exactly. you deal with it, you know, like, uh, yeah. and that's what makes a man, you know, that's what makes a woman. That's what makes, you know, that's what creates success. Exactly. It's, it's supposed exactly. to through that, man. It's like, you know, anyone who's been successful, there's 15 failures, like tragic failures in their life probably before that success. Uh -huh. But everyone just sees the guy you are now. It's like, uh -huh. oh, this guy's got it all. You know, he's a doctor. It's like everything's perfect in his life, but you work to make it that way. You know, and you exactly. work through some serious shit to, exactly. you know, to get exactly. that, you know. And, you exactly. deserve, and like, you know, you appreciate what you have, I'm sure, because you worked so hard for it. Like, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that's good stuff man do that last thing i mean i just i saw like in one of your posts that you read a lot of business books and stuff i i think it was during your trip to nigeria yeah. you had a couple of business books like what do you are you an avid reader like you re i'm not an avid reader i'm an avid reader when it comes to ways um to um expand i guess the money and income yeah um, so i won't go reading books just for the hell of it, but when it comes to me having to do one thing or another from a business point of view, yeah. I'm gonna read it. So what are you involved in? Like what kind of stuff do you get involved in? So right now, um, you know, I, I, I've been waiting for my siblings to finish school um, because I'm very close to my, my, my siblings. So we have plans of doing things, whether it's um, um, opening up possible facilities like a nursing home in the uh -huh. future, uh, skillness facility in the future. Um, I am, um, in the process of becoming a uh, medical director for hospice company. Oh wow! Um, and also skilled nurse facilities. Um, so I'm trying to learn the business aspect of it because they don't teach you. They don't teach you that yeah, in medical. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to do things like that in the health field, but also branch out of the health field because I'm from Nigeria. So I'm I'm uh, planning on doing things with my parents in Nigeria and opening up. Um, you know, um, condominiums and possibly open up a hospital. That's down, down, down the road. So that's it, man. I got, I got, I got a lot of things that I want to do, and thank God that I'm 32 and have a lot of energy because I'm gonna do all of it. That's as much it. As I can. Listen, once you said, my, my, I'm very close with my trainer. And okay. He, uh, his, what his big things? His names were signed. One of the big things he always says is, like, once you say it. Like it's gonna happen, you know. Right. So right. I'm a big believer in that, man. So you just set up all those things. It almost makes you accountable to it, you know. Like, uh, you know, and with all the things that you've accomplished already in your life, mm -hmm. it's like you know you could do it. Like, you know, you just yeah. you just have to do it. You know, it's all hustle exactly. and grind. You know. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly. great stuff, man. That's I awesome. appreciate that. I, well, I hope appreciate we get it. to hook up, man. I hope you know if you ever swing through New York, man. Just you gotta, you gotta look me up. You know? For sure. What part of New York you say? I live in Long Island, but I have an office in Manhattan and okay. uh, I have an office on Long Island, so I bounce between the two. I have three kids. I'm married with three kids, so we moved out to the Burbs, man. You know, gotcha. We need gotcha. more space. I gotcha. I was just out there in New York um, in June. Oh, for real? I go there. I, it's, it's for me because, like, like I said, I lived there for, what, eight, nine months during the hurricane time. Yeah. yeah. Um, which was terrible. But 
Um, I'm, I go every year, at least once a year. Oh, cool, man. Um, especially during the summertime. I don't care for the winter there, but um, the I, summertime, man. I do that. All right, cool, yeah. man. So listen, next time you roll through, look me up. Definitely, definitely, right. definitely. Yeah. All right, man, listen, sorry, I'm going to let you go, man. I really appreciate it. You spent a lot of time with me, man, and I think uh, I really appreciate I really appreciate getting to know you better, man. You know, I think, like I said, you have a great story that's going to help a lot of people, and I'm, I'm really excited to get it out there, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate you taking the time to reach out to me and get my story out there. All right, Curtis. I hope to see you soon, All right. man. All right, enjoy your weekend. All right, man, you too, man. Take, All care. Right. Take care. All right, bye now. Thank you for listening to the Dr. Mudgill Podcast.